back to another special episode of Epic Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce, and it's episode 92. And I'm joined on the line once again by Lux. Lux, how are you now? I am doing just fine. Excellent. Glad to hear that, my friend. You know, I have to say that we're doing pretty well here, too. Uh, it's been awfully bitter cold, but I mean, stay indoors and play some magic and everything seems to work out okay. <laughs> so, have you been uh, been staying out of trouble or is, uh, or you been finding trouble, my friend? I've just been staying out of trouble. That's a good policy. Good policy. I was pretty pumped today because you know what came in the mail, my friend? What? I had a very pretty Thassa of the Deep Dweller show up. And so the sh- I have the uh, the sh- the extended foil showcase. I think I think that's the that's the one. It's it's pretty. It's in it's in the Discord if anybody wants to come see it. So if you want to come and see the pretty card I got in the mail today, yay Thassa! And you know the terrible thing is, Lux, she's gonna go in like the biggest jank pile I've got. Like I'm gonna put her in my in my Afara God of the Poldus deck. Just because it's all about blinky shenanigans, and I'm going to enjoy it immensely. <laughs> like, just the biggest pile of jank. Ugh, all right. Otherwise, did you get any games in on the weekend, or was it just more work? Were you working at the store mostly? Um, I actually got to play a couple of games. They, they were not, they, you would never believe what I got to do yesterday. Well, no, I I would not believe would you because you I think you and I play very differently in terms of what you're looking to do. So what did you do that yesterday in the game? And I got to do an original Innistrad block draft. That would be cool. So how'd that turn out for you? Yeah, it was kind of like half and half, and I went two and two. That's not bad. That's not bad. Now I'm gonna say like. It, I, originally, I don't think that set was supposed to be drafted as a as a block like that, right? So, like I know in Return to Ravnica block, we had it was like when we got to Dragon's Maze, it was a pack of Dragon's Maze, a pack of, of Gate Crash, and a pack of Return to Ravnica. And I don't know if you remember, but it wasn't a very good draft format. Um, and so I wonder, like. And I'm pretty sure if I remember how Innistrad was drafted, you drafted Innistrad and Dark Ascension together, but Avacyn Restored stood aside as a separate draft environment because it was also a big set. And if I remember right, it was pretty crap. So I wonder how they would all go together as a sort of cohesive unit for a draft. But anyway, that's still pretty cool. What 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 art what archetype did you go for? And believe it or not, I actually went with in uh, blue black zombies. Well, I mean, there's lots of blue blue and black zombies in those colors and in, in those sets. I mean, so it's not totally surprising. It seems like a reasonable choice on the whole. So, no, um, no, that's that'd be fun. I I've, I once upon a time did a Innistrad draft. So we got a box of Innistrad and cracked it and. Played played a draft. And that was super cool. Um, did anybody open anything? Any spi- anything spicy? Snappy? Other things? I think in the in the spiciest thing that I saw someone open 
was uh, Soren Lord of Innistrad. That's pretty. Oh, that's pretty good. That's that's the mono black one, right? That's your opponent's life total to ten. Oh no, it's a black white one. Yep. That's the black white one. Soren. Okay, that's still pretty cool. That's that's pretty fun. That's a cool Soren. I like that one. Um, oh, that sounds like fun. I was able to get some games in on Saturday night too, and played some uh, some webcam EDH with so, with some friends of mine. So that was kind of nice. I even won a game for the first time in 2022. Which was kind of nice. <laughs> I got got a win with my Maha Bredegard Protector deck, and nothing quite like storming the table with a whole bunch of tokens and winning the game. My tokens were all five four by the time I was done, and I didn't even get to cast a Crater Hoof. Oh, so you have things like uh, Maha, and you have um, Sanctuary Lockdown, which is the, an enchantment from Ikoria that I grossly overlooked. But you can use it to tap down your opponent's stuff. But it also gives all your humans plus one plus one. I had a Marari's Wake and I had a Heraldic Banner. And so by the time I was said and done, everybody was like, Those are really big tokens. And they're all, and I'm like, Yep, and they're all coming for you. So it felt good to get a win to start 2022. I don't win very often, I'll be honest there, Lux. I get a lot of, lose a lot of games. <laughs> I do a lot of losing. Um, oh, the other thing, I, in a later game that night, I blew, I, for the second time in this year, so in the last 23 days or whatever, I blew a, a win I had on the table and I blew it. Because Boy. I was playing, yeah, I was playing the, the green-white cats deck with Arabo, uh, Roar of the World, and I had um, 17 life. And I, my opponent was at 11. It was just me and, we and one other player heads up. Uh, and so I was able to activate my Rogue's Passage and slip my Phantom Neshoba, which is a 7-7. And I had the Eminence ability from a Robo on it, making it a 10-10 with lifelink. And I got him, for, got him for 10, put him at 1, and I'm at 27 life. Thinking, okay, on, on the crackback, so long as I have a creature, I should be good. What happened is he promptly, like, essentially storms off because he's playing the Zaphi uh, Thunder Conductor deck, or yeah, Thunder Conductor deck from my from uh, Strixhaven last spring, and he like just storms off, makes a pile of creatures, and they all have haste and flyers, and I'm getting, I just got wrecked. However, I if I had left, I had a Miri, the the Miri from that set. Um, on board, and if I used it to attack with Miri and had her tapped, my opponent would only be able to attack me with a single creature, meaning I would have avoided getting hit for a lot unless he could remove Miri from the game. And would have had, because it was going to be a second attack phase anyway, and we're going to need one to get to get the win. But I got greedy and thought the life swing was going to be more useful to me. And, well, it didn't go as planned. Needless to say, I died and my, my opponent got the win at one life. And I was like, no, but I did everything right except the last turn. So, anyway, yeah. That's the second time this year This year I've, I've, I've had the win on the table. I took the wrong line of play and now it cost me the win. So that's what it, that's what happens when sometimes in a game of commander you take the wrong line and you lose. Oh dear. 
All right. A little, a little bit of housekeeping launch before we get on with the show. So uh, don't remember, don't forget, folks, uh, if you like what you hear, you can find us over at thelotuscouncil.com. That is our home on the Internet and is a great place to find all of the things that are going on at the Lotus Council. You can find our podcast, but you can find also videos of uh, all sorts of different things. You can find the stream when uh, WoWo or Court get on there and start uh, getting the stream going. Um, but most importantly, you can get into the Discord and have some fantastic conversations with people who love Magic the Gathering, but also who love EDH. So if you are you want looking for some ideas for that new deck, you're looking for ideas for a new commander, uh, maybe you're looking for a trade to go and negotiate uh, for, for a key piece of it, or maybe you just want to jam some games. Come into the Discord and introduce yourself, and people are very friendly, and you're gonna be you're gonna enjoy being part of this vibrant community that has been one of the most positive places that I have encountered on the internet. So, come and check it out. Uh, you're gonna I think you're gonna be very pleased with what you discover, and um, you know it sounds it's a good place. So come on and join thelotuscouncil.com. Also, we have just one more week to get your name entered in our latest giveaway. So stick around to the end of the show to find. And how you too can be entered in our into our giveaway for a pack of Time Spiral Remastered. I know it's not a big gift to give away to people in our in our audience, but uh, it's all we can manage. Uh, and it's a little thank you, as a, a little 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 thanks from us to you for for listening to us each and every week. Um, and that it's been very very gratifying, Lux, in that last number of weeks to see that now that we've been able to pr- produce content on a regular basis once again. Um, that the listeners are starting to find us again and, and a few more people are tuning in each and every week. So that's kind of nice to hear once again. But it was a really, really rotten fall for us, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, it was rough and we just didn't get content out with regularity for you guys. So we've been having a good go of it all through December and now into January and it's starting to show that um, some of our listeners are starting to trickle back and we're finding maybe a few, the odd few new ones out there. Um, so it's been great, and as a thank you to all those people who have been there with us and supporting us, uh, just a little thank you, just a little little giveaway for everybody to, uh, to be part of. All right, so our show tonight is going to be spread into three sections of luck. We have our garbage or great, then we're going to have top eight cards that we hate to see played against us, and then we're going to brew up a deck tonight. Tonight we're going to have a, a pretty spicy Jorn um, God of Winter brew, and then we'll get on out of here and let you guys get on with the rest of your day. So... You ready, Lux? Lux, are you ready? Yep. All right, yep. here we go. All right, so we've got tonight's Garbage or Great comes to us courtesy of Eldering. A little innocuous little enchant, a little, little, sorry, little equipment. The one in red for a crystal slipper. Uh, artifact equipment, equipped creature gets plus one plus O. Oh. And has haste and equips for a single mana. What do we think of a crystal slipper? Mm. I like it. I like it too. Do you think what what sort of deck wants to run this card? Do you think like a, versus thinking... like a dragon deck would run this? Like, if you're having a hard time getting dragons out, you want to get this out. The dragons. Yep. So, all right, let's, 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 let's level, folks. This, this card is in 
uh, almost 1,400 decks, which is a pretty small number. Um, the most common decks that play it are Valdic, Keeper of the Flame. Okay. Rayav, Master Smith. Okay. Uh, Heartless, Hidetsugo. Tally, Primal Storm. And I sort of think that's the one you want most. Because you want to be able to attack with your Itali almost right away. Your Relux, like that one seems really spicy. I think the option of like Valduck is disappointing. Um, because getting three ones in, in red in the game of Commander seems decidedly less impactful than you might think. But Itali seems pretty good. Sir Gwyn, that also seems like another one that would be good to have haste on it. Um, what other ones? There's some... Cranko, like, I think there's anything with a tapped activated ability, like Cranko, um, Tinsmith, Street Cap, District Kingpin, it seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. yeah. So I think on the whole, like, I think the card is probably, let's be honest, it's probably pretty... Pretty garbage, all right? I like it, and I can see lots of good applications for it. Um, but I'm wondering if there are better cards that give us the same ability to give a creature a little bit of a, a, of a power bump and then some haste. And I feel like, you know, your Lightning Greaves or your Swiftfoot Boots just do a better job of doing that than this sort of card would do. Although, in this one's defense, it is about 10 cents to play this card. Instead of like five to five to ten bucks. So, you know, if you're really budget, if you're really interested on the budget option, or you want the redundancy, you could see a case for Crystal Slipper. But I think, and I think most people are agreeing when they open up the EDH Rec profile that it just isn't a card that's going to get a lot of eyeballs on it. Would you would you agree, Lux? Yep. Like, I mean, it's a good card. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't want anyone here to think here that there isn't something to like about this card because there, that certainly is. A two-mana artifact, I mean, on turn two, if you're not playing ramp, this is a perfectly reasonable option. And then the fact that, you know, your thing comes down and you can equip, you know, Crystal Slipper on it almost immediately and for very, a very affordable, you know, mana investment, I think Crystal Slipper seems like it's got some applicability, but I don't, I just don't love it. I don't think it's packs enough punch in most decks to garner a slot in the 99. Lux, any other thoughts on Crystal Slipper or, or like, you know, have you have you tried it out anywhere? I actually have. Okay, what deck do you run a Crystal Slipper in? Well, like, the only deck that I run a Crystal Slipper in was, and I, well, the, to be honest, like, there, in a sense, like, it was in a release date draft, there was, Literally no archetype to it. It was just a red wing deck. Okay, so yeah, I can see it in red green. Like, don't you you have a Samet deck, right? Yep. Would you take Samet apart? Like this might be this might be okay in Samet, right? Like you're looking to be hasty anyway, so maybe this might be okay. Yep. I mean, I guess I can see a place for it, but I just I think it's a little underwhelming. I mean, that's really my, my like I like the haste. I like equips for one. I think it's just a little underwhelming considering some of the other options that. We have to select from. So I like it, but I don't love it, and so I'm probably going to say it's probably garbage. Lux, what's your judgment here coming down on Crystal Slipper? 
I mean, yeah, they, they it's a good card, but to be honest, they it could probably do so much more, so I'm gonna say garbage. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Like, I think it's a I think it's a decent card. And like for the price point, you're getting pretty decent, like it's a pretty decent play. So if you were a budget conscious player and you needed an artifact to grant your things haste, like you could go and find a crystal slipper. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame anybody. But I think we have better options and I think this is better options that are even still pretty cheap. So anyway, that's my thought. Alright, so let's move on here, Lux, to cards that we hate to see played against us this is always a hot topic for people because there's some cards that people are like no 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 that's fine what are you talking about my cards are xyz um yeah but i think i think we, we have our own show we have our own platform we can do whatever we want so we can make our own lists right lux yep that's it we gotta, we gotta, we gotta take it out for a spin so we're going to have our top eight. Each of us are going to have our top eight cards that we hate to see played against us. Um, and the audience, if you're out there at home playing along, um, you can let us know if we missed anything in terms of the top eight cards that we, uh, we, we hate to see played against us. Now, I want to stress here, folks. I don't want these cards banned. All right? These are not cards I want banned. These are cards that when I see them, I go, oh, no. Either because I think the game's going to end pretty soon or because they're annoying and frustrating to play against. All right? That doesn't mean I want them banned. I don't want anyone to go and say, oh, what do you worry about? That's a, that's a fine card. But there's lots of cards that are out there in the world that are frustrating to play against. And you just don't want to really face them down, and that's okay. You're allowed to say, to say that you don't like everything. So, All right, Lux, you want me to go first, or you want to have a crack first? You can go first. All right, so... My first is, if anybody has encountered these cards as they play, it's Grave Pact but, or Dictative Erebos, which are, you know, two, essentially two sides of the same coin. Um, those, these are cards that whenever a creature dies, everybody sacrifices a creature. Uh, let me just double check the reading on Dictative Erebos. And I think, you know, you're going to see pretty quickly. So, um, three black black for, for enchantment flash. Whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent sacrifices a creature. So you could have tokens or other such things on the battlefield. You sacrifice them, they die, they who knows what else they do. And all of a sudden your opponents start losing things too. And it takes it doesn't take long before, you know, it grave pact or a dictative Erebos is acting like a board wipe. So I hate to see it because it will all it means is that I'm not going to have much of a board state any longer for the remainder of the game until I can get rid of a dictative Erebos. Yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna have to say that my one of my my number eight cards that I do not want to see played against me is a Grave Pact or a Dictative Erebos. Just yuck. How about you, Lux? What was your number eight? My number eight happens to be Smothering Tithe. Yeah, let me tell you, like, like it's not a fun card to see. Well, what what about it, Lux? I mean, there'll be people out there. There's for lots of proponents that say Smothering Tithe is just fine. But what's the part of what's other that frustrates you so much? Well, the fact that you know, they, it makes you sacrifice two in a, in a like two valuable mana from your mana pool, or and your opponent gets something and that can help them out later on. Yes, the, the taxation effect on it is really quite 
really quite a problem because if they, you know, can't if you can't pay for it because you want to make a play on your turn, then you have a problem, and, and now you're just giving your opponent more resources for free. So, like, I mean, here's the here's the funny part with smothering tide there, Lex. People like leave it on the battlefield because they say, well, that's not going to kill me, right? They're going to save their removal spell or save their thing for whatever it is that's going to kill them. And I would argue that uh, I think Smothering Tithe does kill you because it helps your opponent ramp so much so quickly for every card that gets drawn that they're going to be able to like, get so far ahead that the game is far much going to be over by the time you know, your turn comes around. So I'm, I, 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 I do recognize the inherent power of Smothering Tithe. But I can absolutely agree, like how that it is very frustrating to play against. It probably should. Uh, it's probably on my list too, somewhere on a card that we hate to see played against us. So, yeah, I agree. Smothering Tides seems like a good one to get rid of. Any final words on Smothering Tides, Lux? No. No. Okay. My number seven. We got Ginger Taxis. Uh, Ginger Taxis is just really, really mean. Um, because it means that your opponents are going to be having to discard essentially their whole hand unless they can kill taxes. If you've ever seen this card get resolved against you in a game of Commander, if it doesn't die right away, pretty much the player in control of Jinja taxes runs away with the game, and that's pretty much it. So, no, like, don't love Jinja taxes. I recognize that he's inherently very powerful. Some people really like him, but... I do think that uh, I, Ginger Taxes fundamentally does something that people don't like, depriving your opponents of cards, and it makes our, our fun, casual format of Commander into now a far less fun, far more serious uh, ordeal when you're playing with things like Ginger Taxes. Any thoughts, Lux, on Ginger Taxes? All I can say is, it's one of those that kill on sight cards. It absolutely is. If you don't kill it, you're pretty much dead. Like, that's like, because you lost all the wind in your sails and you're never getting it back. So, this is what it is. All right, what's your number seven? My number seven is Rogue's Passage. Interesting. Tell me about Rogue's Passage. Why is this card making your top eight? Well, for the simple fact that you know, like, your opponent can like, have one of the nastiest creatures like, in the play, like, something that will most probably game into you if it attacks you. You have chump blockers, but because they have Rose Passage, they could just pay for, tap it, and that nasty creature is unblockable. Yeah, yeah, like, I see the point, I see the argument here, and I, you know, I don't disagree with you that I'm... It's not like it's a spell. So it's not like it's a Prowler's Helm or a Whisper Silk Cloak or other such things that make things unblockable. Uh, Rogue's Passage is a land. You play it as a land, and because it's a land, you just can't stop it. And there's also not a ton of removal uh, for lands in the format. Like, how, like, on average, how many land destruction spells do you play in any of your decks, Lux? Any? One? For the most part, they only like one or two. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm sure it's not a, a huge overarching theme. Um, I do have a deck that has got more of a 
land destruction sub theme to it but i generally don't run that that deck too often and so a, a rogue's passage is going to go unchecked forever and now it's going to let things slip through even just one thing every turn is going to put your life total under pressure so i i see your point lex i think rogue's passage is probably a sneaky good thing to put on here because it's really hard to interact with Anything else you want to add on Rogue's Passage, or are we moving on to number six? Move on. All right. So I've got Fierce Guardianship and Deflecting Swat. And these are cards that came out with the Ikoria yearly annual pre-cons release for Commander. And each of the five decks came with a, um, came with a free spell of sorts. And so Fierce Guardianship and Deflecting slot, uh, Swat are the the blue and the red one. And they say that so long as you control your commander, you can cast a spell for free. Um, these cards feel particularly bad to get got by um, because of the, the, the nature, the free nature of them. Um, I don't mind getting negated. I don't mind even getting swan songed. But when your big play just gets straight up fierce guardianship or like you could put substitute any free counter spell in here right but like these two in particular i find egregious because they were put directly into our format and they are you know they can be very backbreaking fierce guardianship i think is less so i think it's more on the fair side but i think my real problems with deflecting swat let me tell you a tell you a story i was playing there lux so i was playing with some guys in lowest council discord and I was playing my Valky um, God of Lies deck. So it's black and red. And I needed to remove my opponent's... Uh, I forgot what it was. Something something big. Oh, it was Ruhan of the Fomori. It was like a four mana, just, like one and a Jess guy for a 7-7 seven, seven giant that could attack at random. Right? Attack somebody different at each and every attack phase. Which is kind of fun, but it already got me twice. So I was like, I was in big trouble. I had to remove the, the Ruhan before it got a chance to attack me a th yet a third time and knock me out with commander damage. So I cast a Wrecking Ball. So that can be used to target a land or a creature and destroy them. Well, <clears throat> I ended up having my Wrecking Ball get deflecting swatted onto another player's land and blow up his swamp. And at the stage, that stage of the game, he only that was the only swamp he had. He had no other black sources of mana. And it was very unclear when he was going to drop just another one. So um deflecting swat left one player in the like just dead in the water. Me left me in, in danger of a Ruhan activation and getting attacked again. And the guy with the deflecting swat invested no mana. That to me feels very wrong. Like I, I, even if deflecting SWAT cost two, be better than a free spell. So I'm not a big fan of these cards. I know they're powerful, everybody out there. I know they're they're things that people love to play, but I'm not a big fan because I do find that they just, you know, for lack of a better word, they they sort of cheat um, and on 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 stuff and make it such that you have feel bads playing your stuff. So I hate to see them get played. Um, I hate them even more when they get played against me. Um, I recognize they have a place, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. What about you, Lux? What's your number six? And my number six happens to be in Teferi Time Reveler, 
And I oh. think this one speaks for itself. Yeah, this one's pretty pretty clear cut. I think Teferi, when you when you can alt, fundamentally alter the state of the game such that you can't do stuff at instant speed um, because of Teferi's static ability, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So, yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think Teferi is about, right about where it belongs. And, you know, anyway, I think it's a good choice. I think that's a good choice. All right, number five. You ready? All right, um, Narset, Parter of Veils. So this Narset, another one of those static abilities, this one's a static ability that says your your opponent can't draw more than their first card per turn. That's really, really hard to negotiate and work around when, you know, you're, you, know, you just got kids and stuff. Like, like, anyway, it's hard to work around a Narset. And you know you're getting wheeled, and it's just tough. Tough to beat it, you know you're losing your hand. So, I think similar to Jinja's Axis, you hate to have your hand just ripped from you. So, Lux, what were you going to say? I don't know, I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, thought you were. I was going to jump in there for a nurse set. Do you have any thoughts on nurse set? Not really, because I haven't really seen her in play. Oh, you're lucky then. <laughs> All right, what's your number five? My number five is Mogus, God of Slaughter. Okay, well, Mogus, God of Slaughter. So let's have a little quick read of Mogus, because I think people haven't seen too many Moguses. So Mogus is two black red free, seven five indestructible legendary enchantment creature god. Uh, as long as your devotion to black and red is less than seven, Mogus isn't a creature. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, Mogus deals two damage to that player unless he or she sacrifices a creature. So, all right, what do we think here with uh, our dear friend Mogus? Any thoughts there? Uh... And like, to be honest, tonight he could easily be a game winner. Yeah, yeah, no, he could. He's uh, he's 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 just gonna punish people. And I think people over, like for, have forgotten about him uh, for the most part. And I think in part his group slug is not necessarily the most well-regarded archetype, but I think this particular version of it is just, if you're looking to get people dead, this is going to get people dead. And sometimes that isn't fun for us as we try and clamor around, like, clamor around trying to get things done. So, no, I get it. M Mogus, God of Slaughter, is a very solid choice here to to get done all right ready number four yep all right i got another praetor on my list i got vorinclax voice of hunger um i hate this card just because it just it wrecks your mana <laughs> so if i see it it just you know it wrecks your mana and it's another one that has to die on the spot or else is going to be a problem so um, I hate myself with Vorinclax, and I'm happy to see it get, you know, I hate to see it have to deal with getting out of the snow in a, in a few weeks. I'm not sure why I'm worried about Vorinclax. Anyway, so anyway, Vorinclax is, yeah, my vote for number four. So, not a big fan. Tap your mana down, never get it back, and you're probably dead. So, <laughs> all right, what's your number four? And my number four is the Locust God. The Locust God. 
Oh, that makes sense. Um, that whole cycle of gods from our devastation are pretty brutal to deal with because they don't die right, do they? No, they do not. And then they can come back and they can draw more cards and make more bugs and get you. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, Locust God is not a fun time. Do you face too many Locust God decks there, there Lux? I've faced a couple. They're hard to manage, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, like you need to keep, keep finding ways to keep it off your deck, and then you need to find a way to kill all the bug tokens. So, terribly difficult. Terribly difficult. All right. Um, my number... Yeah, my number three is Smothering Tide for all the same reasons. It's a miserable card to play against. It just, your opponents just accrue so much value and then the game ends in a very big hurry. So there's my number three. Anyone you want to add there, Lux? We talked about it all already earlier, but any thoughts? And none. <laughs> nope, just already said them all. All right, what's your number three? My number three is Turgrid God of Fright. And quite frankly, this is a card that never should have been made. Oh, that's a good take. All right, so talk to us about why you think the trigger should never be made. Well, for starters, then a menace is just that. Then it can be a menace to your deck. <laughs> that is true. That is true. However, I mean, people like say, "Well, and, it's not that bad." I just have, I just have a, a you know. I don't have any way to make you discard or, or sacrifice things at this point, but I still feel like that's not those are the sorts of assurances aren't enough to make Turgrid making me to be interested in, in Turgrid. So no, I don't I don't really care for Turgrid myself. I think it's pretty pretty rough card. Yeah, pretty savage to play against. Yeah, and, and it could it, it could easily be the bane of graveyard decks too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're looking to self millers or put anything in there, like it's hard to hard to stay on top of all that. And not to mention, there's also the other side to her. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You can flip her and turn her into a win condition. So that's also yeah. could be very relevant. So no, I absolutely get it for sure. And number two is ass is a torment of hellfire. And I'll tell you why I hate to play this card, Lux, because it re actually requires very little of you in order for it to be good. Like, you need to have just a pile of mana to make Torment of Hellfire good. And that seems like a pretty low threshold for the power of a, of a, of a, of a creature in a deck. So, I would probably remove Torment of Hellfire. Oh, really? And they, well, they, there is and they, one uh, little and another thing. They, I remember, they, they, I remember I probably told this story they, a while back about how they, I built this in a deck around and a, and a devil face and a nickel bolus from Corset 19. Yes, I do remember this. And, and I had a, and I had a torment of hellfire in the deck. Well, and, the first time I use it, I happen to go up against a Gaunti player. Oh, God. He uses it on me, and guess which card happened to be at the very top of my deck? 
Um, well, I'm going to guess it was your Turgrid. Nope, Torrent of Hellfire. Oh, well, that's, that's, that was my next guess. But anyway. Cool. No, it's definitely... Uh, they definitely like... All right, what's your number two, my friend? And my number two, and like I know listeners have probably heard me whine about this card in the past, but like I genuinely hate Winter Orb. Yep, I'm with you there, and uh, we said as much when when we were Mike from DDM Gaming was with us on episode 89. Um, yeah, no, Winter Orb sucks, and you could play games with it with a. Uh, with your icy manipulator or some other thing that taps or taps or untaps permanence, it's a miserable experience to play Winter Orb. So, yeah, I think we're stopping there with that one. <laughs> My number one, there, folks, is the alternate win condition that everyone's talking about. It's Thassa's Oracle, and I really think that um, I think Thassa's Oracle just is not a lot of fun to play against. People don't really like it. Um, and, you know, unless you're the person winning with it, because it seems, but it, every time it seems to come down, it seems to happen with alarming regularity, such that it's going to result in very difficult for me to <laughs> stop it. So I don't like Thassa's Oracle. I hate to play against it. Any thoughts on, on Thoracle? Yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah, it's just a nightmare. I, I mean, part of me wishes this card could get banned. Um, I'm curious about what happens with the ban announcement later this week. Wonder if they're gonna ban it somewhere else. But anyway, we'll see what Sass's Oracle has to say about bannings and such. What about your last one, there, Lux? What is your last card on your list? And the number one on my list, and happens to be in the, a very popular card too, in the Teferi's Protection. Yeah, because now they can't get got. Bottom line, folks, and of course, depending on I'm just gonna say, like, depending on how many players are in the pod, like, they basically have that many other turns and to win everything. Yep, no, they're basically untouchable until their next turn. Yep, so card, I don't really like to see the card, but I recognize why people play it, but it's because it's probably the best effect of its kind going in the game, but I hate it. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. So, good. Excellent. Good choices, though, Lux. We did well. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to segment three, brewing a deck. So, Lux, Lux was talking about brewing up a Jorn God of Winter deck, and so we took it upon ourselves to do so. Um... Let's read Jorn. Okay, there, Lux. Let's do that's a read Jorn. So, Lux, uh, uh, Jorn says, uh, two and a green for a 3 3 legendary creature snow god. Um, whenever John attacks, untap each permanent you control. Their minus ability is, if I can flip uh, oh, this way, transform it. There it is. Uh, is Caldring the Rhyme Staff, which is uh, a legendary snow artifact. And then tap it. You may play target cre- t- target creature spell. If you do, it enters the battlefield tapped. So, what do you think about Jorn there, Lux? He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. I, I like the ability to untap your lands. And so, if that's going to be the premise of this deck, 
Uh, if you can get it, clear the road far enough or get them to be evasive, you can get a lot of mana value out of your your, your target. So I really like Jorn. So let's have a quick look at the creatures. There's 27, and they're almost all snow creatures. Um, we top off, I, I think we have things like, there is a Morite, we have a Moldrotha, there is a Nezahal, but a lot of um, sort of middle-tiered... Um, ice creature or snow creatures that you know sort of are going to be brought to the fore here making this deck probably reasonably affordable because you know they're uh, they're sort of all the castaways anyone else plays so that's our that is the the creature package lux are there any creatures there that jump off the page as being things that you're excited to play like Crufix for one. Mm, true. We'll draw that. Yeah. Anything else? And there's a whole primal tide thing. That one's pretty cool too. That was pretty exciting. Um, and that's sort of the card I was looking for. Because, like, this deck. Okay, so folks, this deck is going to have a pile of land, all right? If you can manage to trigger your Jorn, you're going to have a way of making just metric piles of land. You need some way to use it. Well, Nezahal doesn't give you a place to use it yet, but Nezahal can allow you to keep drawing cards as your opponents cast things and give yourself, you know, a chance to dig yourself out of some trouble, so... Uh, I do like Nezahal, and it's hard, it's hard to target, so. Um, all right, so that's the creature package. If you want to see it some more, folks, you can go check it out on Moxfield. Let's talk about the sorceries. There's some pretty neat sorceries here. Uh, so we've got some ramp things that are, people are into. Uh, Rampant Growth, Into the North, uh, Farseek, um, these, Blessing of Frost. No, that's not, that's not a, ah. Anyway, those are all sort of ways to help your deck ramp um, to get, you know something useful for you know the start of the week but um no so we've got a pretty interesting suite of creatures uh, sorry of sorceries here uh what are the highlights here among your sorceries my friend of course like one of the biggest highlights is one that we were just discussing earlier the torment of hellfire yeah, so that's the that's the that's the hitch here, folks. This is the sort of deck that's going to make a pile of mana, so you need some pretty good mana things to dump it into, because your regular old bathtub isn't going to do the trick anymore. So you're going to need to do to go up, and so you're going to have a lot of mana floating around. How do you use it? And things like big X spells like Torment of Hellfire, Villainous Wealth, and Mass Manipulation. Are going to really sort of swing the balance of in your favor, I think more often than not. So, yeah, um, love me, love me, love me some of those uh, very good outdoor clothes and making mass manipulation and torment hellfire and villainous wealth pretty spicy cards that are going to make your opponents very cold and very sad and salty with you as you wreck them and uh, run off of the game thanks to all the mana you produced. Um, let's have a look at your instances of sorceries or anything here that sort of jumps off the page as being 
a kind of uh, a neat card or something that you're looking forward to playing? I mean, we have things like in the growth spiral, and we have in the, the boost on Zenith and Death Sprout. Yeah, you got some great, there's some really good draw spells here, actually, too. So you've got a Blue Sun Zenith, you've got the Pull from Tomorrow, but you've also got, well, Growth, growth Spiral, which will do it, but you've got Graven Lore, which is really useful in this sort of deck, um, and you've got Factor Fiction. So you've got some pretty good card draw spells there, not to mention a Saltite Charm, which also has a draw, you know, draw land and whatnot, so... Um, I think I like those. All right, your your artifacts are pretty simple too. I mean, I see some some rocks. I see mostly rocks. I think I think the only one that's not a rock is repl is no replicating is a rock. I don't know, man. I like your I like your artifacts. They're just simple. It's a nice little simple package. Nothing fancy. Yeah. Enchantments. We've got. Uh, I think this is. Oh, Mister. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Um, your enchantments, you've got the Pièce de Résistance, Mwah! you've got a Merit Lodge's Slumber, which I think is pretty, you know, Merit Lodge's Slumber is a pretty cool card, because you get to play all these snow things, and you get a 2020 popping out of it pretty quick, so I like it. Um, the rest are pretty, I mean, Wilderness Reclamation is definitely a thing. Um, if you can't have Jorn, Wilderness Reclamation seems pretty good. And then your deck is 36 lands, you know, with, I'm sorry, uh, where did I get to? I got to lands, yeah, you have 36 lands, um, and, you know, pretty simple mana base, but you're playing Snow Cover Basics, which is a little bit pricey, because um, you're going to spend, well, we're spending almost $50 in base, well, $40 in, no, 30, no, it's almost $50 in Basics, but that's okay. Orleans are pretty, pretty, pretty decent on the whole. We have, we have to be careful of the, of the overall price. So, um, and I mean, I think the only land here that's particularly spicy is Dark Depths, isn't it? Yeah. But Dark Depths, you know, that gives you a second chance at a spaghetti giant spaghetti monster, not unlike the first time. But anyway, that's my my thought. Rux, any final thoughts on Jorn? What do you What do you think? And all in all, and I feel like this would be a pretty, you know, spicy deck, and it's probably going to take me a bit to build this one, but they, it's going to be on the back burner for right now, because I am still kind of getting the cards for Netheroy. Yeah, I sent you... But at least I have a list for yeah, it Yeah, well, I sent, you, I sent you that big pile of cards that I dug out of my boxes, so they're on their way. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think this is a fun deck, and I think, I mean, let's be honest, folks, like, this is not the sort of deck that's going to go and crush a table too frequently. Uh, you're going to get some wins, but mostly it's allow you to sit down at a table, have some fun with friends, and then as you go, you can upgrade something here and make it a little bit more to your liking. So this is just to get people in the door, get people started, and having some fun with some friends, which I think is really the whole goal for Commander, but lots of people have you know, shied away from it over the pandemic. So, um, you know, and you opened up when uh, the world opens up a bit. So, anyway, Lux, any other thoughts, or should we move to wrap the show up? And I probably should wrap it up because it's starting to get late over there. I yeah, bet. it's starting to get late a little bit. Um, so we've got uh, a giveaway, folks. So if you want to be part, get into our giveaway, you got a little bit of time. So we've got a uh, you can 
When the show goes live on Twitter, you can like, you can follow, sorry, like, retweet it, and then use the hashtag, hashtag EpicExpCast, and that will get you entered into the, the draw for our pack of Time Spiral Remastered. So come and get it. Check it out. Thank you very much, Lux, for, uh, you know, getting on and doing it once and get another week in. Um, always surprised how quickly the yeah. night sort of whizzes by when we get to record. Um, if you like what you're hearing, folks, um, you can always reach out to us on, uh, you know, via social media. So you can find us on, in emails at the Epic Experiment Podcast at gmail.com. The link is going to be in the show notes so you can find it. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Epic EXP Cast. So that way, you can, that's probably the easiest way to reach us. Uh, on Instagram, we, we have a new link for Instagram with Instagram profile as our Instagram account. And uh, we're starting to post things on there too. Um, you can find us on Moxfield if you are using the username The Epic Experiment Podcast. Uh, and you can always find us on hanging around the Discord for the LowestCouncil.com. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can always go find us on Podbeans, iTunes, Google Play, LowestCouncil.com, uh, Spotify, and even Amazon. So lots of places to, to track down our content. Um, all right, so next week we will undoubtedly be into uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty uh, previews, which is going to be exciting because we're going to be talking about brand new magic cards and trying to figure out what's good, what's not, uh, and what can we what can we play with uh, going forward. So next week's a big, big week. Um, feels like a long time since we've had uh, some previews, isn't it, Lux? Been yep. a hot minute there, hasn't it? So anyway, uh, but until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off. Wishing you all the best wherever you next play night. Thanks very much, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. Stay safe. Bye.